a transient is pure reactance. It has no portion of itself in the format of real power. It has no legacy, no historical legacy of resulting from a itself reacting to real power or energy entering into capacitances and inductances. In, in other words, it has no precedence. It's simply there. It's pure reactance coming to us free of charge because it's not affiliated or accountable to the conversion of real power into reactive power. And that is why it appears to have its framework of time going backwards with respect to the energy that's entering the system. Because it's a pure reactance, not tied to energy, the simulator doesn't know how else to signify this reactance independent of energy, which normally is the only source of reactance, is energy in impacting or imposing itself upon capacitances and inductances, spawning a reactance of reactive power, reactive um, <clears throat> capacitive reactance, inductive reactance, giving us reactive power. But in the case of a transient, that does not occur. It's independent of any legacy. And we that's why it's, it's still a mystery where this third type of reactive power or category, this third category, comes from. I don't know. And that's why transients are such a mystery, um, because they're not simply the build-up and recycling of real power. That's the other type of reactive power. That can happen in a, like a transmission line, in the junctions of a transmission line. It can happen. Um, and that's what the SERPS technology that Jim Murray and Paul Babcock um, made use of, a 50... Uh, gain, factor of gain, from the input of one watt and the output of about 50 watts to light a light bulb because they were recycling energy, reusing it. That's one, another form of reactive power. And a third type is, you can qualify it two different ways depending on whether it comes from man-made sources or natural sources. It's harvesting if it comes from natural sources such as the earth. It's stealing and theft if it comes from the grid or your neighbor's house wiring, even at a distance of 10 miles. Um, that's another form of reactive power in which reactance ser uh, serves as a kind of pump, like a heat pump, and can move energy across vast distances, up to 10 miles or whatever. That's what Sierra Lamont claimed. Um, against a gradient of impedance, namely the fact that your system already has energy, why would you be able to pump energy into it when the source is not directly connected, it's just magnetically coupled at a great distance. And so you're actually going against the natural impedances of the circuit and succeeding in doing so, and that's why it's considered a pump, which costs very little energy to steal or harvest energy from another source and pump it into your circuit. But that uh, theft or harvesting and the recycling, those two categories comport with, agree with, 
conservation of energy theme, but not a transient. A transient has no cause. It's simply there. And we allow it to occur because we did not... because... Um, well, <laughs> see, I don't know why entirely, because there seems to be different circumstances under which a transient occurs. Normally, they, they always seem to occur when you turn on a circuit. So there's something to do about that. Now, some people would claim, okay, that's uh, merely the buildup of voltage that doesn't get a chance to flow as current, and so it builds up as high voltage. Maybe so. But a transient can also occur at other times within a circuit, and maybe it's because of switching that makes it possible to occur frequently. I don't know. I, I, I just know that it's pure reactance and that because it has no cause, it's not affiliated or attached to a cause of resulting from the input of energy or the application of energy to capacitance or inductance. That's why the simulator doesn't know how to make sense of it. And that's why when you do the analysis of, you know, what is the energy what is versus what is the um, power, and you divide one into the other and you get a negative value, regardless of what the magnitude of that value is, the fact that it's negative tells you that time is going backwards. If it were positive, which is the rest of the duration of a, of a simulator's runtime, it would show that it's just normal energy, normal reactants, everything is normal because it's accountable. You can account for everything, but not a transient. And that's why the simulator says that its time is going backwards because it's using the normal forward time of every other component during the rest of the simulation <clears throat> as a reference um, because it considers forward time to be the normal reference. And so when you get this effect without a cause that is normally considered to be <clears throat> a reaction to a cause, yet it's not a reaction because it has no cause. It's an action, just like translating the word reactance into Russian there is no translation. They simply have active. They use the word active as the translation for reactance, from the English reactance into the Russian active, because they are highlighting the fact that they are looking at one of the three categories of reactive power that I've noticed that is a transient that has no cause. It's just, it has no legacy, to uh, no precedence, uh, no predecessor, to validate its existence. It's simply there. And so its pure reactive power, it, it, the, probably the only purely reactive power that can be said to be pure, 100% pure, there's no, there, there will not, it's not a question of cannot, there will not be any um, uh, uh, residue of real power there to show that, oh yeah, it came from reactants and uh, you know a physical uh, occurrence of that sort is going to be imperfect and so it's going to leave some real power left over and then we have reactive power nominated by complex numbers because to show that the reactive um, the reactance of a capacitor or an inductor is not a pure reactance. There's, there's some um, 
inefficiency, you know, involved, causing it to be a complex uh, enumeration of reactive power rather than purely imaginary. But these transients are purely, and so the simulator categorizes it as backwards time for that reason. And the oddity of these transients is that they are the ones that I speak of that are capable of compounding reactants on top of reactants. In other words, they, if you capture it in a, ca in a capacitance and a inductance or a pair, a minimum pairing of capacitances and inductances, um, rather than allow it to be lost because they're so short-lived and then they're out as, as soon as they come, they're gone. But if you capture them, they compound themselves on top of themselves. And if you don't have real power input to get in the way, that's why I give my circuits so little power because I want to capture this transient and get it to react on top of itself, react upon its reactants, and magnify what little power came in the transient now over a duration of time, depending on what capacitances, inductances, and frequencies you're using, it literally compounds itself at a certain rate of hyperbolic exponentiation, turning itself very rapidly into a humongous amount of reactive power, which when passed through any kind of resistor, such as a simple resistor or a diode, or a full diode bridge for that matter, can turn into something very humongous and result in, under normal circumstances, conventional circumstances, into the blowing up of transformers at substations or pole transformers, which are readily captured, which, of course, could be on account of re the recycling of real power, so unless it's analyzed, we don't know which is occurring, or the harvesting of energy from another source, such as the natural environment surrounding the transformer or to which the transformer is grounded to. So there's, there's really no way to know, so I shouldn't bring that in as an example, um, the blowing up of transformers, because unless it's analyzed, uh, we don't really know why it's happening. I, I can't assume, in other words, why it's happening. Um, but these transients, that's the, um, the evidentiary, you know, uh, reason for why they compound on top of themselves, re reactants compounded on reactants. I don't know the technical, mechanical reason why. I just know that documentary why, testimonial why, tes testimonial-wise, uh, this is the only time that happens, reactants compounding reactants, is when we capture a transient under suitable pairs or more, two or more capacitances and two or more inductances, so that we can get this meager amount of power that's really skewed out of proportionality. It's like almost no current and, and humongous amount of voltage usually. It probably can go the other way just as, as weird, but that's the other thing about them is they tend to be skewed so that they're more one than anything else. In fact, I'll venture to guess they're purely one and, and not of the other, and that's why they have no precedence. We've literally captured a proto-force of electricity in that brief moment, <clears throat> if we do capture it, but we've... we've um, entertained for a brief moment, whether or not we capture it, a pure, something that does not comport with Ohm's law because it's purely voltage or purely current. 
Now, once it manifests, once we capture it, it has to um, balance out to have at least some current or at least some voltage if it's predominantly current. But I'm guessing that's how it enters the system. And where it comes from, God knows. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't put it there. Did it come from the environment? In a sense, but which environment are we talking about? The physical environment or the environment of the imaginary plane of um, purely reactive power? The proto-forces of nature that we can't determine how much is there because it cannot be measured. So to say that physical nature is a closed system is all very well and good, but if it's supplied by energy and material matter from <clears throat> from a source that cannot be determined how much is in that source because it can't be measured because it's all in the realm of imaginary numbers then how can we say that creation is ultimately a closed system it can't be because it's being fed by another system that's which we do not give credit where credit is due we say oh the physical is all there is no that's not true. We would not be able to have reactants if that were true. Because reactants is not in the physical plane of existence. We have the math to indicate that it does exist somewhere, but we don't know where because it's not physical. And so it can't be proven that imaginary numbers are um, useful in modeling react purely reactive power when we just consider reactive power all by itself not mixed with real power as a consequence of real power impacting capacitors and inductors. But when the transient occurs, it's purely all by itself. And it, I think this is proof that voltage can occur all by itself or, you know, you know what we measure to be capacitance or measured, <laughs> measured stored in a capacitor or current stored in an inductor I mean, that's when we measure a current, right? We measure it passing through a piece of wire, which, for all intents and purposes, is a portion of a coil, even if it's not coiled. It's the element of that makes up a coil. So, uh, what we measure is the voltage and amperage, you know, of current, of voltage and current. But uh, we are measuring it within the context of a component in our in a circuit or in our test equipment, namely a capacitor or a um, a coil or a piece of wire uh, responding to a magnet, whatever it happens to be, you know, an old analog ammeter, whatever it happens to be. Um, but, so this is, I think, why the, the reversal of time occurs, because the simulator doesn't know how else to deal with it. And putting it in the right context and defining it for what it is, something that did not come from the physical world, because it has no physical causation, and that's why it gets a negative time frame, direction of time. That would be the only way to explain why the simulator thinks it, it because it's not attached to anything. It's not a reaction anymore. It's a cause. And worst of all, it can build on itself if there's no real power to get in the way. You know, a, a real power to... Um, Take up the space, take up space in the capacitances and inductances, and crowd out this desire for a transient to compound itself on top of itself over time with each cycle of oscillation, 
with each half cycle or, or whatever it happens to be. Quarter cycle, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it happens to be, a portion of a cycle or a full cycle, it literally wants to compound itself onto itself, using itself alone as the motive force. So this is a source of motive force, of prime mover, that's not a prime movement that we give the circuit. It comes into the circuit from the field, the imaginary field of purely reactive power. The proto-energy or matter, the proto-matter that creation is made out of, from, and disappears back into if we, cho if we choose to be co-creators with God capable of you know, engineering and designing systems to do this sort of thing, to make matter disappear. Not entirely. Never. In we always have some matter, some energy, uh, always available in the cosmos, but we take a portion of it and send it away. Or we bring in a portion because we use matter and energy as the seed to make that possible. That's why Christ did not materialize uh, loaves of bread or pieces of fish all by themselves. He had to be given a couple of loaves of bread and a couple of fishes because you, you need some matter, some energy pre-existing in the system to act as the seed to either get more or to throw a large portion of it or a small portion of it or anywhere in between away. <laughs>